The text for the sermon this day is taken from that reading from Matthew, specifically these words. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the text. Ethel Lorraine Wobke, the daughter of Adolf and Christina Hansen, was born on May 19, 1924, on a farm called the Six Mile House in Goodrich Township, Crawford County, Iowa. Lorraine grew up in Crawford County, where she attended country school. She was confirmed in her Lutheran faith on April 2, 1939. On June 25, 1944, Lorraine married the love of her life, Walter Wobke, in 101-degree heat in the shade in Schleswig, Iowa. I was just thinking, you know, if you drop the one and the zero, it's almost the same temperatures today. <laughs> Sorry. The couple lived in Holstein in the Crawford County area before making their forever home in Ida Grove, Iowa in 1955. Lorraine and Walter were blessed with four boys, Wayne, Larry, Richard, and Donald. Lorraine was employed by Coons Bakery, the Sale Barn, Ida Grove Cafe, and worked for 22 years as a dietary aide at Horn Memorial Hospital in Ida Grove before retiring. Lorraine enjoyed cooking, baking cookies for her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, playing cards, collecting owls, and especially loved wintering in Texas for 13 years with her husband, Walter. You might remember Lorraine and Walter from square dancing, which the couple enjoyed doing for 16 years, four, four nights a week with Ida Grove twirlers. Lorraine most recently made her home at Morningside Healthcare Community of Ida Grove, Iowa. 
She enjoyed daily visits with her husband, Walter, and the many activities they offered, along with many new friends she made while living there. The reign is preceded in death by her sons, Richard Wolpke and Larry Wolpke. Her parents, Adolf and Christina Hansen, sister of Melinda Abbey, and brother Bernie Hansen, left to cherish her memory, her husband of 73 years, Walter Wolpke of Ida Grove. And you can read the rest. So, 73 years of marriage, that's, that is a long marriage. And one thing that automatically comes to mind, I know especially, when you think of Lorraine, well, we talked about this on Thursday, or Sunday, my days are getting mixed up now, but on Sunday we, had a, we talked about how Lorraine had to know everything that was going on because she loved her family, wanted to make sure, wanted to know, keep up to date. But the thing that really can't help but stand out is how inseparable separable Lorraine and Walter were. And for, I mean, 73 years, in a day and age where people are highly disenfranchised by marriage, because we see them come and go. I myself am a son of a divorced marriage. And to have one that lasted 73 years and we're always together. Amazing that every, every afternoon you could, one from, at one or, was one or two o'clock, you'd get on that, that bus or bus thingamajiggy to go to Morningside to be with her. And that... I think it's, it's such a beautiful image. The text that we have today is written right after Jesus had risen from the dead. He is about to ascend into heaven. And he gives this message to the disciples. He tells them exactly what they are to do. And he tells them that he is going to be with them to the very end of the age. This would be such an important message for them because of the fact that persecution was going to rise. That they were going to be hated. They were going to be rejected on account of the gospel. Every single one of the disciples, with the exception of one, would be put to death for being a Christian. The, only, the one that was not put to death ended up living the rest of his life on a prison island of Patmos until he was about 100 years old. So they needed these words of comfort, these words of reminder. In fact, in the early church, they used to do this. They, they didn't gather when it was nice and sunny like this. They would always gather in the early, mornings, early morning hours or really late at night when the sun had not yet come up. The reason was because out of fear of persecution. So they had to gather in darkness. And so when they came to church, the entire sanctuary was black. You couldn't see anything except for one lone candle would come in and it would make its way. And by the way, that's the hist where that Christ candle thing began. It was really, really early. They would carry that in and they'd say, they'd say certain words. And the point of that single candle in the darkness was a reminder to them that the light, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
So as they're living in a world where their friends and family are being persecuted, where their family is persecuting them, it is a reminder that the light of the world is not overcome by the darkness, and that light of the world, Jesus said, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And see, for Lorraine, many years ago, she was brought to a baptismal font. And when she was brought there, she was, she was born enslaved to sin. She was born spiritually dead, as every single human being is. And so one day she was brought to the font, and the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The very words that we began our service with, and the words that you heard that was in verse 19 of the gospel lesson. That is the words that Jesus commanded his disciples to baptize in. And see, as according to Paul, when a person is baptized, they are clothed in Christ. So the sinful nature, and by the way, this is, I want you to, uh, the way that a pastor dresses is intentional. So underneath I have the, you know, the black clerical shirt. If you ever see a pastor wearing the clerical shirt, think, oh, he just thinks he, that shirt, he just thinks he's better than everyone else. I'm going to tell you what it really means. It means that I am a dirty, rotten, no good sinner who deserves to die. That means, it means I'm the chief of sinners. So that's why we wear it. So, but over it, we wear this white robe. Reminding that in the waters of baptism, that sinful nature was washed away, cleansed. For Lorraine, she, when she was baptized, she was united to her Savior, united to her Lord who had been crucified for her, shed his blood for her. And so when she was baptized, her sinfulness was washed away. And, her, and on that day, eternal life began. And on that day, it began that he has been with her her entire life. He had been with her through her childhood, through her teenage years, through her marriage, through her days as a, as a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, through her days at Morningside, up until the day that she passed away. He was there with her every time she heard his word. He was there with her every time she received the Lord's Supper, which she received back on when we had the Morningside service on the 18th. And I, I, I think, which... But she, she was there on last Wednesday, too, the day before. So the day before, she heard, yet again, God's word. And God had been with her. And God has been with her. Notice I'm not saying he was with her. He has been. Because it wasn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't just, he was, it wasn't a temporary thing. He is still with her. Because when Lorraine 
breathed her last breath on that sun, on that Thursday morning, Christ was with her. He called his angels to bring her home, to bring her to heaven. And he is still with her. This robe of white, again going back to that, the reason a pat this is what I this is a preview of coming attractions. If you read in Revelation 7, if you want to see where the rain is, just pull out your Bible when you're done today. Pull out your Bible, read Revelation 7. It'll talk about this whole army, this multitude arrayed in white. Lorraine is in that multitude. Where there is no hunger. Where there is no thirst. No scorching heat, or because it's the way it's been, blistering cold. No tears. No sadness. No pain of any kind. Christ is with her. But, but see, I know that in this time, it's obviously quite difficult. As I mentioned at the beginning, the two of you were always together. Which means that last Thursday night, Thursday at 1 o'clock, or that time that you would normally go there, and Friday... Every day since then, I imagine it's been pretty difficult. Because you know where you should be, where you would normally be, but you can't go there. Because she's not there. And so, that Jesus who is with her is also with you. Every step of the way. And he gives you a way to be with her. See, where, is, where, where have I said, where is Lorraine? With Jesus. Do you know where you find Jesus? In his, where his word is. Where his, Lord, his sacrament is. One of the really, really cool things in our liturgy is right before we sing, right before communion, there's a point where we say, Therefore, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing, Holy, 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 holy. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Well, the reason is, is because see how this is just, a, this is kind of a square, half of a square? This is only half of it. So when you come up for the Lord's Supper, and somebody takes, comes up to the rail next to you, you are, when you come up, you are united to Jesus. Through the body and blood of Christ, you are united to them. You're united to him. The person who is next to you, they are, they are united to Jesus. And because they're united to Jesus, you're united to Jesus, you're united to one another. You are part of what is known as the church militant. But as I said, this is only half the square. There's another side. It's a side that you don't see. It's a place where people like the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, Matthew, who wrote that gospel, where Lorraine is. She is that, therefore, the angels and archangels, all the company of heaven. Lorraine is in all the company of heaven. 
When you receive the Lord's Supper, you are united to her. You are there where you, that is where you meet her. That's where you meet everyone who has passed from this life, who has died in faith. They are in the presence of Christ. That's why some people in the history have referred to the Lord's Supper as the place where heaven and earth meet. Which is such a wonderful gift from our God. It's a taste of heaven in a world that is so chaotic. In a world where we do say goodbye to those whom we love. He gives us his goods. He gives us his gifts. To strengthen us. Because we still have a task on this earth. He still has us here for, for a reason. He still has us here to serve him. And so he gives us these gifts. He gives us these ways to be where those who we love are. But the thing is, is even better, is that Jesus, who is with us, see, the day is going to come. One, there's going to be a day that you know we have a we have two cemeteries in town. Whenever you drive by, or maybe I don't know if there's more than two, but I know the two. But if you ever drive by, that's a cemetery. Whatever. I want you to just kind of look at that and think about one day that Jesus is going to walk through that cemetery. And he's going to say to everyone in the grave, he's going to say, wake up, get up. Almost like, you know, a slumber party where your parents wake you, are going to you, like, get up, you've been sleeping all day. So Jesus is going to walk through the cemetery and he's going to go, He's going to walk through wherever there are bodies, wherever people have been laid to rest, and he's going to say, wake up. And they are going to listen. Their body and their spirit will rise. Their body will be glorious. It will be stronger. No, it's not walking dead. They will be raised and be stronger than they have ever been in this life. When that day comes, Lorraine will be more human than she has ever been. On that day, all who are raised in the faith will be more human than they have ever been because their body will be exactly as it was meant to be. That is what began the day that, Christ, that Lorraine was baptized in the name of the triune God. That is what he is guaranteed. And he is with her now and always. He is with you now and always. He will never leave you nor forsake you, even in the darkest of times. So in your moments of grief, and it is right to cry, it is appropriate. If you think that real men don't cry, remember this, Jesus wept and he's the only, he's the truest man to ever walk the face of the earth if he could cry so can you we are supposed to cry death is a natural it's not supposed to be 
but our tears have joy in them because we know that for a Christian, death is but sleep. And like any, any time, whenever you go to sleep, you eventually wake up. The Bible never talks about a Christian dying. It always talks about them sleeping because they will wake up. Until that day comes, take comfort that he is with you always to the very end of the age. So your marriage, you being there, you two being inseparable, you know, I don't know if you realized it, but that was you as a husband and wife reflecting the love of God for you. And what a wonderful image for your children and grandchildren of how much he loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.